Welcome to the Maryland Baseball Network Podcast. Here's your host, Aaron Arnstein. Here for episode number 86 of the Maryland Baseball Network Podcast, I'm joined with outfielder Matt Woods, the transfer from Bryant. Matt, how are we doing this morning? Good. How about yourself? I'm great. I'm great. Happy to be with you here. So I want to start uh, start with talking about your recruiting process. So before you landed with the Terps, can you just tell me what the recruitment process was like, the different schools you're looking at, and, and how you ultimately decided on Maryland? Um, it, it was honestly one of the wilder times of my life. Um, I, I Like when you go into the portal, um, you kind of tell your compliance office at, the, at your previous school that you want to go in, and it takes about two or three days for the forms to officially be submitted and um, officially enter you in the portal. So you're kind of in that like waiting stage, like you don't know when you're officially in it. Um, <clears throat> and people here, like your like your buddies here, you're going in and stuff. So it's like a weird like couple days where you're like you're 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 technically in, but you're not officially in, so you can't talk to anyone. Um, and then once that hits, I was actually I was playing summer ball in Martha's Vineyard, and um, I had a game. And I remember coming out of the game and my phone was just blowing up because um, I had officially like the tra- like it had, the papers had officially gone in while I was at the game. And I had a bunch of calls and texts from different schools. And over the next 24, 48 hours, I remember I couldn't even play in my summer ball game the next day because I was just trying to catch up on like phone calls and and being respectful to all the coaches that um, had called me. Um, I think first and foremost, you never know where where people are going to end up, um, whether that's something where I get a professional opportunity and one of the college coaches that called me is now a professional scout or a coach, or you just never, you just never know where people are going to end up. So I I took the time to answer everyone back, call everyone back that called me and have conversations with all of them because I was open-minded to going anywhere. Um, I fell in love with Maryland just by what they, uh, they preach and what they look for in a player. Um, I wasn't someone who was going into the portal, like looking for all like the glamour and the and the uniforms and the and all these like crazy facilities. Like I wanted to go somewhere. My main focus one was to go somewhere where I where I could play and I could win. Um, and that was the biggest thing. I wanted to spend my last year on a team that had the capability of going really far. Um, whether that happens or not is is yet to be seen, but having the chance to do that is real for us. Um, I wanted to go somewhere where I could further develop my game. Um, I feel like a lot of guys who are in the portal or at my stage, um, some of them aren't really looking to like learn more about their game. They're just kind of going to places where they can just play and, and do what they've been doing. But for me, I really, I really wanted to take ownership in my game and felt that I could get a lot better. Um, and I wanted to go somewhere where I would be educated on how to do that. Um, and this was a great fit. I mean, they, they, they talk about coach Vaughn coach Swope, coach Pat, coach Mo, they all talked about looking for the right guy. Like, like people are coming here to win and coming here to learn the game. They're not coming here for the facilities. Um, and that that that's a priority that I had and aligned with Maryland. And, and I fell in love when I when I came here. And, yeah, you talk about, you know, going here to learn, not about those facilities, not about the jersey, 
uh, you know, coming here to learn. And I know one of the big factors that attracted you here was, which was coach Swope and something that stuck out to me so far is the plate discipline. That's something that Swope preaches all the time. You know, the six walks, four hit by pitches and seven games for you, uh, which has allowed you to reach base in every game you've played this season. What have you specifically worked on with Swope since coming over here? Um, I think it's it, it honestly it comes with maturity and it comes with as as many plate appearances as I've had over my career. Um, you start noticing shape earlier out of the pitcher's hand. Um, you start having a better plan going into games. You're not just going into games hoping. You're going into games with with a plan on what you're going to do and what you're looking for what zones you're sitting, um, what kind of pitches you're looking to hit or that you hit well. Um, so just kind of developing that plan uh, and bouncing that off of him has really helped me as as a hitter. Um, and, and this year I felt, and the team all works on it, like at the end of the day, we're facing some high-level pitching every weekend. And in order to be successful, you have to swing at strikes and take balls. Um, and that's something we've hammered home all fall, all spring, um, up until now. And that's something I'm really working on because at the end of the day, if you, if you swing at the strikes, you're going to give yourself a great chance to be successful. Um, and, and that just goes to the plan and, and the process that we've been going through. And you mentioned the, uh, the high level pitching. I wanted to ask, has there been an adjustment at all coming from a smaller conference like the NEC and now facing pitchers like pitchers you've seen in the SEC so far this season? Has, has there been that adjustment? Um, yes and no. I mean, at, at Bryant, we, we would, we would have non-conference schedules that, that were very hard. Um, I know my freshman year, we went to LSU last year, we went to East Carolina. So we, we saw that high level pitching in the beginning. It wasn't, wasn't sustained as much throughout the season in its entirety, like it will be this year. Um, but I have seen it and I think, yes, I mean, it's challenging, um, for any hitter, um, to go to see SEC pitching on a weekly basis. Um, they're great pitchers. They're there for a reason. Um, and for me, that all just goes back to the plan. Um, just having a good plan and, and worrying about just being on time and being balanced. And, and that's what I've tried to do. And certainly that was working uh, on, on Tuesday in the big win over UMBC, a pair of hits for RBIs. Now I wanted to ask you about uh, after you hit that bases clear and triple, uh, to, to close the deal in the eighth inning on Tuesday. You broke out a, a little celebration afterwards. Uh, for those who didn't see, what, what was that about? Uh, that, was, that was just something the guys came up with before the game. Um, we, hadn't, we hadn't hit too many doubles uh, coming into that game, and so we needed to change up the mojo and change up our celebration. So, so we went with that guy, and, and what that means is, is going to be within the team. But, yeah, that's something new that we brought out, and now we had a lot of fun with it for sure. Is it something that we uh, may see again this weekend if things go right? Oh, absolutely. Cool, cool, awesome. We'll, we'll be uh, we'll be watching out for it. Uh, so now let's go back to uh, Warwick, Rhode Island. Uh, I know you could play a little bit on the hardwood too. Uh, top ten all time scoring at a Pilgrim High over a thousand points. Was college basketball uh, ever on the table for you? Ah. <laughs> as much as I would like to say yes, it wasn't. It was. I wouldn't. I would say it wasn't really on the table. Um, I always say that if I, I put if I put in as much time as I did for baseball, um, I'd like to think I could have played college basketball, but not at the level that I'm playing baseball. Um, I'm not naive to think that I would be some like playing at playing at Maryland, honestly, for basketball. No, I would have played 
some D3 around Rhode Island or Massachusetts, and I would have had a lot of fun with it. Basketball was my first love. Um, and then w once I started to become pretty good at baseball, you know, the, the success kind of brings the fun of the game. So by my, like, sophomore year of high school, I kind of saw that I had a real chance to to go pretty far with the game. So then it switched to baseball. But, you know, yeah, I do. I still I still love basketball. I love hoops. I There's actually a, a lot of good games on today that I'll be watching. So, yeah, I, I love that sport and love that game for sure. And uh, just one more about the basketball. Are there any basketball memories off the top of your head that that stick out to you from your from your playing days? That I played with? Yeah, yeah. Any any basketball memories that you specifically have that stick out to you? Uh, probably my freshman year in high school, we won we won the uh, state championship for our division in Rhode Island, and that was the first time in school history. Um, and as a freshman, I was playing with my other best friend um, T.J. Weeks, who's a senior at UMass. He plays hoops at UMass now, um, so that was a great memory for me. We had we had played again played together since like second grade and um played all the way up until sophomore junior year together and then he he went on to some prep schools and eventually went to one for basketball but no that's that was a great memory winning that championship no doubt that's that's pretty cool I know you uh you guys have won a few state championships baseball wise so now mm -hmm. moving from basketball to baseball uh you know I know you come from a baseball family most notably uh your grandfather played pro ball with the Giants uh mm -hmm. high legend uh, what was your upbringing athletics wise? I know you played a few sports growing up. It definitely started at, with soccer because that's hmm. when you can get into sports at the earliest because it's just kicking a ball around. So that was probably at three. Basketball was probably at four. And then baseball was at five. And I played three sports. The first time I didn't play three sports was my freshman year of college. So I played I played three sports from five years old to 18 years old. Um, and I loved that. I loved everything about it. It, it never burned me out of a single sport. Um, it was always new and refreshing when that season came around. Um, and I thought it made me a way better athlete um, than or a way better athlete than I would have been if I just concentrated on one. Um, I also loved it because of the relationships I build, built with countless uh, number of people. Um, I mean, the amount of teammates I've had between three sports over our 15 years is, I mean, I've had so many friends because of that. Um, and, and that was the best part, just getting to hang out with, with, with different guys and being on their team. And yeah, I, I, I that was awesome. Um, for me, my, my grandfather, my papa, he was, I mean, he's my role model. Like he's my biggest inspiration. He was, uh, he played at, LaSalle Academy, which is also in Rhode Island in high school. And then he went to Providence College and played baseball. He was a Cape MVP, um, went and played for the Giants. Um, and then he came back, started his coaching career at Pilgrim. I think he won five state championships and three consecutive, which for a public school is incredibly hard to do. Um, and then he went on to Providence College and coached there for another 10 years. So I mean, he was he was my baseball coach. My dad, my dad was a basketball player. My my grandfather was a baseball player. And and he he really coached me. He would take me to hit twice a week and hide behind lawn chairs while he would flip to me. And he actually I, I originally I started throwing lefty and he uh, he tied my hand behind my back and told me to throw righty because I could play more positions and get on the field more that way. Um, so that was a cool story about him. Um, but, yeah, he's he's my role model. He's my inspiration. And he uh, he taught me 
a lot of what I know IQ wise in the game. Um, like he would sit down with me and watch Red Sox games and he would walk me through situations on what I should be thinking, what I shouldn't be thinking. And I attribute that a lot, a lot to him. And how, how proud, uh, if, if he still is uh, living, how proud is he today? And if not, how proud do you think he would be today? Yeah, he, he unfortunately he passed away about three years ago, I want or just over three years ago. So after my sophomore year, right before COVID. Um, so, yeah, I, I miss him a lot. And, and I, I, I like to think he, he'd be proud of, of the way I conduct myself on the field. And I know he gets to watch every game now, which he's ex- which he, I know he's excited about. Um, and my Nana tells me about it all the time. But, yeah, no, I, I, I hope I'm making him proud for sure. That's great. Well, I, I think you certainly are. You're certainly making Terps fans proud so far this season. Uh, was You talked about how uh, your dad is a big basketball guy. Was baseball always the uh, your, your your first love? Was that always your love? Was that always the route you wanted to take athletically? I'd say middle school basketball was definitely uh, a lot more fun. You know, when you're in middle school, you're kind of transitioning from like that little league field to the big field. Uh, which we play on now. So th- those first couple years on a big field, you feel like a it it feels impossible to hit the ball far. It feels like the bases feel so far. So you're not having as much fun. Um, but so basketball was definitely my passion in middle school, um, just because it's a little bit colder up in Rhode Island. So in those winters, like not too much baseball going on, and and I would I would just hoop with all my buddies all the time. And that was definitely my my first love. My dad he played he played in uh, high school, and then I think he got asked to walk on at Providence College basketball, but he ended up not doing it. Um, but no, I I share that love with him. And like I said earlier, when I when I started to become a little bit more successful in baseball, when I started to get a little bit taller, a little bit stronger, um, I kind of saw that some colleges and universities were taking notice, and with that success comes some love for it. So it then transitioned to baseball. And sticking with the baseball, I know you have a, a lot of connections with guys in pro ball, like uh, Nick, I don't know if Raposo is the, is the right way to pronounce the last name, mm-hmm. Raposo, uh, Bryant's Ryan, Brian, uh, Ryan Ward. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about one pro ball player who, who hits close to home here in College Park, and that's Sean mm-hmm. Burke. Uh, for those mm-hmm. who don't know, how did you get to know uh, Sean Burke and, uh, and what has been your relationship with him the, over the years? How has it evolved? I mean, Burke's, Burke's been one of my best buddies for a long time. We uh, we met when we were 13. Um, there was this travel program that was starting called L&M Baseball um, with Coach Idris Liasu. Um, and it was kind of like a northern Rhode Island, southern Massachusetts uh, small club. And this guy who started it was was a big baseball mind. He used to be a college baseball coach. And he with, with him having some kids, he needed some time at home and less travel with the high school prospect team that he created. Um, so we both jumped on board, me not knowing Sean or anything. We we go through the first couple of workouts together, and obviously we bond over playing basketball as well because he was a big hoop guy too. Um, no, he, he he's very similar to me, uh, big-time competitor, um, loves the game. Uh, loves hanging out with with his buddies and and we clicked real real close as long along with the other guys on the team um and then we got closer as like he was he was he got interest 
the earliest out of all the colleges and universities. And I followed after him. So he was someone that I could talk to about the recruiting process because he was going through the same thing. So I think that brought us a lot closer. And then even during college, um, we got to face each other here, actually, when when Brian came and visited Maryland. So that was like that was really cool to be able to face him during college. And no, we've stayed close. We play video games all the time together. And um, he's been someone that that I trust in um, and seek advice from. And, and he does the same. So, yeah, he's a, he's a great dude to have in in my corner. And do you pick his baseball brain where he is now? Do you pick his brain, talk to him about different baseball things, looking at where he is now on the pro side of things? I would say not so much. Um, at the end of the day, like we play so much baseball that usually when we hang out, we talk about anything but. Hmm. Um, I think both of us respect like the hard work that each other is doing. And obviously, if we have a question, we ask each other. But I wouldn't say I spend too much time talking to him about it. Um, I know that I know that he like the first minor league season, full minor league season he talked to me about was just long and a grind and like that first college season out of high school is long. It's like double that in minor league baseball. So I know he went through some hard times and some good times. Um, and then he, I mean, he talks to me about all the cool opportunities that he's been able to get. And I've been so pumped for him to be able to go pitch in spring training and, and compete against those big leaguers. Like he deserves that, which is really, really cool. But at the ins and outs of the game, I, I don't say we talk too much about it. I mean, if I have a question, I'll ask him, but I definitely use some other avenues um, to ask those questions because I know how busy he is. Um, but definitely I don't shy away from it if I if I had a question for him. And did he uh, help influence your decision at all to to land here at Maryland? Yeah, no. Yeah, he was a big help in in me committing to Maryland because at the end of the day, when you're going through the recruiting process, it's hard to know what's fact and fiction when you're going when you're just being talked to by a bunch of different coaches and they're just telling you everything you want to hear um for me i wanted to know what was true and what wasn't true um and sean since he had gone through this system and and worked with all of these coaches like was real with me as a friend and just told me told told me every everything up front that i would that i would be seeing every day and everything he said was true and everything the coaches said was true. Um, and I appreciate that because there are some universities that, that tell you things that don't end up being true. And I, I was fortunate enough to uh, land in a spot where everything was at as advertised and, and Burke definitely uh, eased my nerves about anything Maryland related for sure. So yeah, he was a big help. And you mentioned that you faced uh, faced Sean back in March 2020. That was actually the Terps' second to last game before the season was canceled because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to quiz you. Do you remember how you fared against Sean? You had three at-bats. Do you remember how you fared against him? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He was scared <laughs> to pitch to me for my first two at-bats, so he walked me twice. And then I let I let him strike me out for the third one just so that he could have some confidence. But, yeah, he definitely didn't want to pitch to me, that's for sure. Right on. Well, I was I was wondering if you would get that, but you yeah, you walked <laughs> the first two at bats on seven pitches and then struck out on six in the in the third. So that's that's pretty cool. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. you guys face each other at the at the next level too. That'd be awesome. Uh, and I wanted to go back to uh, just two more questions about living in the uh, in the New England area. One summer ball. You mentioned you played uh, with Martha's Vineyard. Uh, for for those who don't know, I know playing in the NECBL again, one of the top one of the top leagues. Uh, collegiate summer leagues in all of uh, in all of the country. 
it can be a little hard transportation wise playing with Martha's Vineyard. So what was your experience playing there uh, for a number of years and also the transportation uh, aspect of things? I mean, I had an absolute blast of playing there. I would recommend anyone going and playing for that team if they have the opportunity. Uh, the GM, Russ Curran, is is an unbelievable person. And same with his wife, Danielle. Um, they they took me in and honestly became a, an extended family for me. I um, mean, they still text me to this day. And and all the host families that they have are, are great people. Um, and just the way they run their business, they, they know that, like, people – some people go to summer ball and don't really want to be there and don't really want to play like Martha's Vineyard's a place where if you want to go and get better and, and, and have fun while doing it, it's a perfect spot to do that. Um, I had an absolute blast. The coaches treated me with the utmost respect. Um, I, I mean, I could, I couldn't say enough good things about Martha's Vineyard in that spot because there are some spots that don't treat the players as well as they should. And, and Martha's Vineyard is definitely not one of those places. Um, transportation, <clears throat> you you kind of got to give some to get some. Obviously, living on Martha's Vineyard is beautiful. I mean, every time you leave that island to go travel, you just look at the beach that you're on and you're like, wow, why am I leaving this island? <laughs> um, it is such a beautiful place. I'll probably never be able to afford living there or staying there. I mean, it is. I was lucky to to live in a host house and experience what the island life is like, but that place is absolutely beautiful. Um, travel is, is a grind. Um, starts with like the, we get on the big ferry in the morning cause those are operating and that's like a 30 minute ferry trip. And then you get to the other side and there's a bus waiting for you. And that takes you to, I think the closest spot was Newport, Rhode Island, which was like two hours away. And the furthest was like, Maine, which was five hours away. Mm. So you better, I've logged some Netflix hours on those buses. <laughs> um, that's for sure. And, you know, it's hard. You, you play the game and you travel back that same night and you got to take a little mailboat back to the island because the big ships aren't running at two or three in the morning. Um, but I, I didn't mind the mailboat because, I mean, all the stars were out at night and, and, and the, if the breeze was cool. I, I thought it was cool. But, you know, some people hate that. Um, so you got to be willing to travel, but you got to give some to get some. Where you're staying is beautiful. When you got to travel, it's not so beautiful. So definitely give some to get some. And what was it like growing up, you know, in the New England area in Rhode Island? What, what was it like growing up there? And, and how, how, do you, how do you like it? I mean, I love it. Um, you get the four seasons. Um which I always love. It honestly reminds me of me playing three sports. Like you never get burned out of one sport. You never get burned out of one season. Obviously sometimes you like summer a little bit more than winter. Um, but you know, I, I had a great time. Uh, I, I loved it there. It's close to the beach in the summer. It's only like a half hour from my house. Um, if I need all the, all the cities are definitely a lot closer than uh, like mid Atlantic and Southern wise, like I could go to Providence, which was 15 minutes away. I could go to Boston, which is an hour away. Like, I don't know. You get, you get every, like, if you, like, if you're desiring for something in the New England area, like it's not too far from you, whatever you want to do. So I, I appreciate that about living in New England. Everything's a lot closer. That's for sure. And let, let's end on this. Uh, what's your message to Terps fans about what they can expect from you uh, from this 2023 season? What do you bring to the table? Hard, hard work. Um, uh, someone who's a competitor, um, uh, someone who 
is just going to leave it all out there every game, uh, no matter the result. Um, and, and someone who who cares about their teammates and, and cares about people in general, that's for sure. Well, awesome, Matt. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Uh, I know it's a, a busy weekend ahead. We'll see you for three games against Maine this weekend. Should be exciting. You can catch all the action on Maryland Baseball Network. Thank you so much again for joining Matt, and uh, we'll talk again this weekend. Thank you for having me. Go Terps.